Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I explore like five different ideas and, you know, none of them worked out. But I had to go through all of that process, you know, from each one I learned a lesson. I had to go through all of that to get to, you know, something that fit me. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hey, this is Adam Marks. I'm a tech founder, writer, and consultant, and I've been listening to the Women in Tech podcast for about three and a half years now. Esprit does a phenomenal job spotlighting female entrepreneurs from all over the world And one thing I love about the show is listening to their stories and how they've built their companies and organizations. We should always be pushing for representation and equality every time we go into the boardroom, every time we look for co-founders, every time we look to hire employees for our companies. So support representation and equality, support the Women in Tech podcast, follow me at AdamMarks13 on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And remember to always look for the orange sunglasses. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech from around the world. My name is Marissa Honig, and I am one of the guest hosts for the podcast. I'm based out of Denver, Colorado. I'm currently the technical assistant, the CTO at ThoughtWorks, and I host my own podcast called Blossoming Technologist. I am so excited to be joined today by Vaini Kunche, founder of Diversify Tech based out of Northern Virginia. Vaini, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, I've heard of uh, Women in Tech podcast like a very long time ago, and I also thought, oh, maybe one day I'll get invited. So I'm, I'm like super excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. I was telling you earlier that I've been subscribed to your newsletter for a long time. And I can't remember where or how, um, but I got this opportunity to guest host and I was like, ooh, like I wonder if she'll come on the podcast. And I'm so excited to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Yay. Um, okay, so to get us started, can you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. Uh, so I'm Vaini. I am a former software engineer. Uh, I worked as a software engineer for like 15 years or so. Uh, and in 2018, uh, I launched and started Diversify Tech. Uh, I felt like there's something missing uh, for underrepresented people in tech, and I wanted to fill that need. Uh, so Diversify Tech is a newsletter for newsletter and job board for um, people who are underrepresented in tech. It specifically caters to them because every other space uh, feels like it doesn't quite make sure it doesn't make sure to include us. So I wanted to make a space for it just us. <laughs> yeah. So when you got that started, what inspired you to do a newsletter as opposed to another medium? 
Um, yeah, so before Diversify Tech, I used to run a newsletter was called Code With Many. Uh, it was a very similar theme to Women in Tech podcast, but in newsletter form. So I used to interview women in tech, what their roles were, uh, and so on. And based on that, I realized, you know, I should... I wanted to include more um, groups that were uh, underrepresented. So I, I wanted to include, you know, women of color, people of color, LGBTQ folks. Um, and I wanted to open up a space bigger. And the reason I chose newsletter is um, initially when I started, I was actually started out as a mentor. So I was mentoring women in tech. And I just wanted to share whatever I was, you know, chatting with folks about. And a newsletter seemed like the way to go at that time. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So in your newsletter, just for anyone who's not familiar with it, um, obviously, you know, big fan here, but anyone who's not familiar, what is in that newsletter? What do you provide to folks every week? Yeah. So Diversify Tech newsletter, uh, we share speaking opportunities, jobs, events that are happening in tech, um, and any resources uh, that might be useful to people who are getting started in tech or already in tech. Uh, one thing I do make sure that the content that I'm sharing is does feature um, people who are unrepresented because I see that a lot of newsletters, you know, they kind of share the same a few famous folks from tech, uh, like the articles, uh, resources. So I make sure that I'm finding, you know, content creators who are uh, underrepresented um, and share their content. Uh, and we also share jobs every week um, and the jobs are, uh, we make sure to vet the companies uh, that we share um, to make sure that they're a friendly uh, company for uh, underrepresented groups. Yeah, that's amazing. It's such a good purpose and such a good you know newsletter that needs to be out there for folks. Um, I'm curious, what are some stories that you've heard of people using your newsletter and maybe you know finding a job for or finding a speaking opportunity? Have those popped up? Uh, yes, uh, uh, someone recently emailed me. Um, he, he's been a member of our newsletter uh, for a few years, and he was flying to another place but had a stop in um, Virginia. And he said, you know, can we meet up? And one of the reasons was that he was actually going to a speaking opportunity that he found on, in our newsletter. And he shared that, you know, he's done like five or six <laughs> speaking events that uh, that he's found in our newsletter and has used, you know, several resources from it. So that was like very awesome to hear. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about, you know, how you got into tech. So when did you first become interested in the tech industry? Yeah. Um, so uh, my dad was actually the inspiration for me to get into tech. Uh, he had, um, he's one of the first ones uh, in his generation to go to college and he studied um, uh, electrical engineering uh, and computer science tech wasn't really a thing back then. It was like very new. Uh, and he somehow got into tech because of his experience uh, he you know it opened up a lot of doors for our family like the i think one of the, the reasons we are in the united states uh, like we moved from india to here is because of the job opportunities that he got because he was in tech so that kind of like um you know for both me and my brother actually we both got into tech after seeing him um we didn't have very many role models <laughs> at that time so it, it was cool that my dad was able to you know you know his whole life changed because he got into tech compared to like other family members um, who are back in India. So 
that inspired um, me too. And I studied uh, computer science uh, in college. Um, and um, initially, I wasn't quite sure. I, I just picked it because I was like, oh, tech, I, I didn't quite know what it was. Uh, but it really, uh, after I finished it and got into the uh, work environment, I really realized, like, I love building uh, things for people. So. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, did your brother end up also going into tech? Yes. Yes, he did. He did. <laughs> the whole family. Your dad got the whole family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so I'm also curious, uh, your track was, you know, software engineering and now you're a founder. Um, was there ever a point where you recognized that the track you were on was something that you wanted to change maybe between going from like software engineering to more focusing on diversified tech? As I mentioned, like I worked as a software engineer for 15 years. Uh, one of the things that happened was that I kept switching jobs every year and a half to two years. Uh, I either got bored uh, of the work I was doing or, you know, the environment was just not great for me. Uh, so after a few switches like that, I thought, you know, is there something else that I should be doing? Because this is, the, it seems like I'm switching jobs every few years. Uh, that's when I sat down and I was like, maybe, you know, I should start my, like when me and my husband got more settled uh, in our life and more settled in our finances, I thought maybe I should, you know, consider starting my own business. Um, and, and yeah, that's how it kind of <laughs> brought about. Yeah, when you did that, were you seeking to kind of move away from software engineering? Uh, not exactly. I, I mean, I love building <laughs> uh, software, so the, the, I definitely wanted it uh, to be a part of what I was doing. Uh, it was more uh, when I uh, started, I had actually had no clue what starting a business meant. So in addition, you know, I already had the tech background, but I had to learn a lot of other things like marketing, you know, um, validating an idea, what what exactly does uh, running a business entail, things like that. So I ended up running a whole lot of other things, but tech definitely, you know, already knowing uh, software engineering helped a lot. Yeah. So maybe what were some of those things that you did learn in those initial days of starting your business that were different from your software engineering background? Yeah, uh, I, I think when I worked as a software engineer, I always had somebody who would kind of tell me the requirements. You know, there was a client, but who I didn't really interact with much. Uh, but I had somebody like in between who would tell me what the client needed and you know, I would implement those uh, details. But when I wanted to start my own business, you know, I was more direct contact. So I was like, who should be my customers? Uh, what are their needs? You know, things like that. That was just completely different from um from the industry experience I had uh, and also in terms of marketing you know it's uh, not something I thought I, I I thought I would be good at I guess you know like you know when you're a software engineer I was a back-end uh, engineer like I, w I was always like behind the scenes <laughs> so I was, like all of a sudden to be like at the front <laughs> and to share my ideas or like you know talk to customers so it was it was it, it, it it was definitely like hard at first, but you know, it, it definitely it, it was a big, uh, big learning curve. But <laughs> uh, it was good. <laughs> yeah, and now like you know, you get to help other software engineers and others in tech kind of you know find their dream job. So you're like, I don't know, 
you're you're a stepping stone for other folks and kind of like helping them in their careers, which is really cool. Oh, oh well, thank you. That that sounds awesome. <laughs> the way you phrased it. <laughs> Um, so I'm also really curious. I love asking this because, um, you know, the women in tech podcast is all about, you know, how people got into tech and what, what their purpose is and like inspiring other women. So, um, I'm curious, what do you consider to be your calling? My calling, um, you know, I think it <laughs> changes every few years. Uh, but I think for, um, if in the past few years, I've definitely had, I felt like my calling was to help other, you know, uh, women in tech, other underrepresented groups in tech to um, to help them get into tech or if they are already in tech to like give them the resources to figure out how to um, be successful in their career. Uh, because when I was, you know, a computer science student, when I was a software engineer, I um, honestly didn't have very many resources. Uh, you know, I was one of the first women to go to college. I was like, I was just like, winging a lot of things I didn't have resources uh, so I wanted to build something where I you know it would have been great if I had it too you know when I was going starting out and when I was like you know mid-career yeah I always feel that too I feel like you know thinking back to your past self that's usually how you can really like make a big difference in the world because you know that others are kind of going through a similar experience but like how did you know that was your calling like what made you take those steps to say, oh, actually, like, I really want to focus on that? Yeah. Um, so when, when, as I said, you know, I was trying to start my own business. Um, I, as, when I set out to do that, you know, woman in tech, like none of this wasn't, uh, I never thought about any of this. Uh, but what happened was that while I was trying to business, figure out a business idea, I ended up mentoring folks uh, through the Women Who Code group uh, out here in D.C., at that time, actually, just we just moved to this area too. Uh, I used to live in Wisconsin, and it was like very cool to all of a sudden see diversity, <laughs> uh, and then uh, and like all and to see so many women who are trying to get into tech already in tech because previous experience I never actually met any woman of color um, or you know anybody like me like 15 years, uh, and I never met a person of color. <laughs> Uh, so I was like, what, what is this? Like, you know, it was just like so amazing to find uh, people who looked like me all of a sudden. And I, and I wanted to share, you know, I was like, I wanted to share my experience with them. So I started mentoring. I, I did a lot of events uh, and I loved it. And while volunteering, uh, you know, that's when I was like, oh, you know, I want to do more of this. So that's when I initially started a newsletter for women in tech. You know, I would interview guests. Um, and share their stories um, and things like that. And um, I didn't even think of it as a business, uh, but then I got my first sponsor who wanted to, you know, share their jobs or, you know, feature a uh, woman from their company. Uh, and that's when it kind of like clicked, <laughs> you know, that's like, oh, you know, I can do something that I'm passionate about for, <laughs> you know, as my career too. So yeah, that's kind of like how it both. <laughs> But I kind of ended up together. Oh my gosh. Uh, I can't believe you went that long without, you know, meeting others in tech, um, other diverse, other diverse people in tech. Um, I'm also curious. So you mentioned how once you got your first sponsor, you were like, oh, wait, like I can make this a business. How long was it between starting the newsletter until that moment? Because I think it's like a really powerful thing to share for any like creators out there. 
I think it took about a year. Uh, so before Diversified, I got a newsletter called Code with Many, and I would interview folks. I, I would just go to all the women in tech events uh, out here in DC. Uh, it was great to meet people. And through through one of those events when, is when uh, one of the sponsors was like, hey, I check out, I'm on your newsletter and I love what you're doing. I'd love to, you know, sponsor you. And and she was amazing. She also taught me like, you know, how to negotiate. <laughs> um, like, because I thought, you know, oh, I'm going to charge $100 for the sponsorship. And she's like, no, <laughs> you should be charging a whole lot more. <laughs> So that was like a you know a good business lesson too. Yeah, so cool. It sounds like a really good first experience, you know, where she was like, "No, actually, like you deserve this much." <laughs> um, speaking of mentorship, because you were mentioning how um, you kind of got into it through mentoring people and like realizing your passion through that. Who's been maybe a mentor for you along the way to help you get to this point? Uh, unfortunately, I haven't had any like specific mentor just because I I was always like the you know computer science I was one of the few women uh, in the class or in work I was one of the only few women or women of color. Uh, I ended up not really having anybody to relate to. Uh, but when I started you know working on diversified tech, uh, that's uh, I you know I, I've joined a lot of women in tech communities, so like women who code. Um, Dreamers and Doers, which is a community for founders, uh, Women Make, which is a community for indie women founders. So it was like a, I got a lot of peer mentorship uh, where where we kind of like learn from each other, you know, people who were maybe um, marketers, you know, I would, you know, chat with, to them about tech and I would get their knowledge about marketing, you know, it's like really like information shared and it was it was great but i would say like peer mentorship and like a lot of people helped you know in that way like being part of all these communities has you know it has been kind of like how i got mentorship yeah and then on the other side you said you've mentored people is it a similar thing or it was like peer mentorship helping people out yeah it was more like a community all of us trying to do something together kind of so it was great <laughs> which is super important like i feel like that's when you find your people, you know, and you like feel kind of like more confident in your space. And you're like, oh yeah, like I I can take up space here. That's how I felt in a lot of communities that I found, especially with women in tech. Yeah, it was it was definitely great to have people to relate to. Uh, it's like you'll always find somebody who shares your uh, similar problem or you know has gone through a similar life story. Uh, that's great. Yeah. So along the way in pursuing your calling in helping others in tech, um, what's the best lesson you've learned along the way? I know that's a big question. So maybe one of one of the best lessons you've learned. I think that one of the biggest lessons I've learned is not to go after perfection. Uh, I think uh, I'm not sure how I learned this throughout my career that, you know, if I'm going to do something, I, have, I better do it right. You know, that was like drilled into my head. Um, but when, when it comes to entrepreneurship, it, it does not work like that. It's also, not even entrepreneurship, just like the real world does not like work like that. You don't have like unlimited time to like perfect something. Uh, so I think uh, one of the biggest lessons was to don't go after perfection, you know, do what you can, uh, the best you can. Uh, and it's completely okay to fail. You know, sometimes you learn a lot of lot through failure. And, and I did before diversity tech. Uh, I, I explore like five different ideas and, you know, none of them worked out. 
Um, and, you know, but I had to go through all of that process, you know, I, from each one, I learned a lesson. I had to go through all of that to get to, you know, something that fit me, you know. So, so I think that, that was one of the biggest lessons, not chase perfection, but, you know, keep going anyway. <laughs> yeah. Could you maybe give me an example of one of these failures that you came across along the way and what you learned from that? Uh, sure. Uh, so before the first attack, um, uh, I was I was just trying out a few different uh, ideas. One of them was to start a community uh, for founders, uh, people who had never you know started a business. We wanted to start uh, something for them, and I was working with two other people for this. Uh, and uh, I think we were all a bit too early in our entrepreneurial journey to quite understand what we were doing um, and also the other folks were more focused on like title like they wanted the title of the president they wanted the title of ceo or like you know th- th- there was a lot of discussion of the titles versus what the actual business was uh things like that and uh, that's when i realized like you know it, in order to run a business like the people you work with like you really need to be on the same page uh of what you're doing uh, so, so yeah, that was one of the things, like a big lesson is like we, we, we spent like four or five months trying to get work together. But uh, like, I think we were just all on different pages. Uh, it didn't work out. What did you then like learn from that that then helped in the future as you were continuing on with maybe your newsletter or anything else? Uh, I think uh, that really helped me kind of uh, figure out what I wanted uh, I think previously I was trying to go with the flow kind of thing. I was like, oh, let's see if this business will work out uh, and then we'll see what work, how I can make this work. Uh, but I think as, you know, I started getting sponsors, I really thought about like, what kind of business do I want? What kind of lifestyle do I want? Uh, so, uh, for example, like with like I can run DiversityTech several different ways. You know, I can make it huge. I can make it small. I can make it a newsletter. I can make it a recruitment. Like there were very, very many ways that I could run this. But I really thought about like, what do I want as a founder? And um, as I mentioned, when we were exchanging emails, like I just had a baby. I have a five-year-old, you know, so like they are a big part of my life, obviously. So I didn't want to have a business that would kind of like take over my life. Uh, so I want something, you know, I want to do something that, you know, gives me work life balance too. Uh, so that was like a big part. Um, and I wanted something uh, like being ethical was very important to me uh, because from previous experiences, um, uh, I've, uh, previous experiences and also just as a woman in tech going through uh, all these different companies, you know, based on my experiences, I wanted something that, you know, I would give to myself kind of, you know, so I make sure I'm at our companies. I want to make sure that, you know, the companies that we're working with are ethical, uh, are treating their employees well. So, you know, that made me like, you know, really think through like, what kind of business do I want to uh, run for myself and also for the community? I, I love that, first of all. Um, second of all, um, how do you find that balance? Because, you know, you're balancing, you have two kids, you have, you know, a home life, you have probably other hobbies, like everything else going on. I think it's, you know, something that a lot of us maybe struggle with trying to find the balance between work and life. How do you do that? Uh, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard for sure. 
for me, it's kind of uh, realize figuring out what's enough. So for me, uh, what was enough was I wanted to make uh, kind of like I thought about the previous salaries that I've had. I wanted to make at least that much. You know, that was my minimum requirement. And if I make anything more than that, that's great. So in terms of like revenue, that's how I think about it. You know, because a lot of startup, you know, the hustle that they talk about, it's just like unlimited, <laughs> you know, it's like, and to get there, you just have to keep in work longer hours. Like, you know, you can, you know, keep going. But for me, I was like, this is enough for me. You know, uh, as once I figured that out, I was like, ah, you know, uh, in order to get this much, you know, I can, you know, figure out what I can do behind the scenes. Yeah. I feel like a lot of what I'm hearing is also that like, you know, work doesn't have to be your whole life, yeah. which is something I always <laughs> have to remind myself of. Mm-hmm. Cause like, yeah, your career is important, but also living your life mm-hmm. is really important too. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, yeah. For me, it was um, important, um, you know, that I wasn't, you know, one of the advantages I wanted uh, out of running my own business was setting my own hours. So I was like, if I'm going to do my own thing, you know, I should at least have this, <laughs> you know. So one of the things I was set out to do was like, OK, I want to eventually get to part time. You know, I would want, don't want to work full time because I would spend time with my family, too. So like last year, like I got to a point where I spent 20 hours per week on the business. And, you know, even hopefully, you know, that's enough. Um, and I, you know, I don't work every day and I can, you know, take care of my kids like right now I have a well, three month old, so my days are mostly spent with her. Uh, but it, my business is still running, you know, like I'm happy that I got to that point. Uh, but it was like a very conscious decision, like a way back, you know, to figure out what was enough. Yeah, that's really awesome. And I think it really shows, you know, the power in kind of starting your own business and being able to do your own thing, thing figure out what works for you. I love that. That's awesome. So I'd love to jump back into your newsletter for a bit before we close. And I'm really curious as someone who reads it, how do you find all your job postings and the talks and everything? I know you said you you do some curation and you really make sure these are like good companies and good conferences. So like, how do you do that? How do you find your sources? Well, I spend a lot of time on Twitter. <laughs> uh, and over the years, uh, I've like uh, I've set it up such that, you know, I'm, uh, there's like a process to it. So I use uh, Feedly, uh, which is like, a, you can use it as a bookmark uh, um, tool or to follow blogs or other newsletters or websites. So like I've collected, you know, like hundreds of blogs over the past few years of like blogs around boundary ups and people in text to make sure that I'm including their content. And then we have, um, I also look at a whole lot of uh, other communities that are for Rangrups and the people in tech. So those are all <laughs> in Feedly where we go through every week to see oh, what events are coming up at Woman Who Code, for example, uh, and see if it'll be interesting to our um, members. Uh, and for jobs, uh, again, entry-level jobs are like a big <laughs> uh, thing because it, it, a lot of it's very hard to get into tech, especially now. So I'm I want to make sure that we're you know 
sharing entry-level uh, jobs too. So for that, you know, a lot of Google searching or following on Twitter or LinkedIn, uh, kind of like keeping an eye out uh, in the community to see what's going on. Uh, and for the job board itself, it's uh, it's mostly companies um, that post to the job board, uh, but we have a vetting process before we agree to work with them. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been like at the beginning, it was very chaotic <laughs> because it was just like, oh, what did I find on Twitter? What did I find on LinkedIn? You know, just like sharing those. But over the years, it's like you know, all of them are like in one place where we can look them up <laughs> to share. Yeah. That's good. It sounds like a very, you know, software engineering process. You you got there eventually. You're like, oh yeah, I need I need this organized a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. I've always wanted to know that. So mm -hmm. I'm glad I had this opportunity to ask you. <laughs> um, so I was also curious, what's next for you? Like where are you heading with maybe the newsletter or maybe any other any other things within tech that you're planning to do? Uh, yes. Uh, so in addition to the newsletter that we have for underrepresented groups in tech, uh, we actually have also have a newsletter for allies and companies. Um, and that's, I don't advertise it as much. It's more like behind the scenes, but it's, that's been growing. And one of the things uh, we share there are like, you know, resources for companies about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And, you know, companies all... Uh, say a lot that they can't find candidates uh, from underrepresented groups. So I actually feature um, members from our community who might be looking for jobs in that newsletter. Uh, I made it as, you know, as simple as possible. It's like, oh, you can't find somebody? Here you go. Here's a list of people that you can directly contact in LinkedIn. Um, so that's, uh, I've been working on that. And especially right now, with there's a ton of layoffs. So I'm trying to make use of that resource more uh, to connect companies with uh, folks who might be looking for jobs. Amazing. Can you share the name of that newsletter in case folks want to find it? Oh, it's, it's on Diversify Tech. Uh, instead of I'm from an underrepresented group in tech, you, if you check I'm an ally or company, uh, you, you'll be signed up for it. Okay, so there's several different newsletters within Diversify Tech. Yes. <laughs> Got it. I should know this. Um, <laughs> um, that's awesome. That's a good clarification point. Um, so people can, I'm guessing, sign up for that on your website and yes. pick which one. Yeah, okay. so there, there's actually three of them. So one is the professional edition, which is for people who are already in tech. Uh, one is a student edition. Uh, I recently separated that out because students have different needs, uh, like internships, apprenticeships, um, or you know, more beginner level uh, resources. And then the other one is for um, allies and for companies who, you know, you know, maybe support uh, uh, organizations uh, who are working in DEI or hire folks. Um, yeah. Okay, amazing. So any of those newsletters people can sign up for, that's awesome. Um, I'd love to go to our two final questions. We always end with these. So what is one thing that listeners can do to support you? I mean, I would love for uh, our listeners to join the newsletter. Uh, if you are in tech uh, and are looking to advance your career or uh, are just getting into tech, uh, and if you ever hear someone say, oh, we can't find any uh, underrepresented people in tech, please point them to uh, our allies and uh, hiring manager newsletter um, where they can find those folks and hire them. Mm -hmm. 
Perfect. And what is maybe that website for people to go to to find those newsletters? Yes, it's uh, diversifytech.co slash join. Perfect. Uh, can you spell that out for me? <laughs> yes. Uh, D-I-V-E-R-S-I-F-Y-T-E-C-H dot C-O slash join. J-O-I-N. Amazing. Um, and final question, how can people connect with you? Uh, I'm uh, pretty active on Twitter. Uh, my um, uh, username is V-E-N-I-K-U-N-C-H-E, first name and last name. Uh, and I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, not many people have my name, so you can search <laughs> with the same kind of me. Perfect. Oh, it was so wonderful talking with you, Vani. Um, so thank you so much to everyone for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech around the world. Remember to go to womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Hi, I'm Vaini Kunche. I'm the founder of Diversified Tech, where we connect underrepresented folks in tech to career opportunities. I'm based in Northern Virginia, and you're listening to Women in Tech. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.